Blog Talk Radio. Tuesday, June the 18th, and you are in bed with me, Dr. Sue. I want to thank you all for listening to this special edition of In Bed tonight. Um, We are normally here every other Tuesday, but this is the exact reason why I do that. Um, My lovely guests tonight couldn't make it any other time, so it's just easier if we have those off weeks and we can book people in if it works. You know what I mean? So we're discussing female supremacy with two beautiful female supremacists, Natasha Hertz and Reagan Haid. And if you say that all at once and can do it three times fast, I want you to say female supremacists, Natasha Hertz and Reagan Haid. It's not an easy thing to do. This is a pretty controversial subject and um, controversial in the sense that People have very definite views. They're either on one side or they're on the other side. It's not like, you know, anybody's kind of walking in a gray area. And I've had quite a few very passionate responses to the show already that I'll be reading to you later. Um, They're hardline views, you know, and some are for, some are against the particular lifestyle. So if you're a submissive who is enamored with these beautiful ladies and want to say hi, or if you have an opinion you want to express on female supremacy, give us a call. Get in the queue. Captain Joe will be right there to hold your hand. 646-478-3644. Don't forget, in and around 1030, although I think we're going to be a bit later than that tonight, we have our Talk to the Doc segment with all kinds of questions about sex, fetish, kink, and relationships. So keep that in mind. If you have a question, feel free to call in. You can call in and get in the queue, 646-478-3644. And remember, your call is completely anonymous. Or if you're really shy and considering the subject, it can be kind of scary to call in. You can always email your question to be answered live on the air just to embed head to inbedwithdrsue.com and look for the link at the top of the page. You'll see it says Talk to the Doc and submit your question there. Vanilla Girl is not with us tonight because she has to work a weird shift. So you just have myself and Captain Joe to guide you through this journey into the realm of sex and expression. So sit back, relax. We will miss Vanilla Girl. That's right. Enjoy having an open mind and learning some different points of view with us. I have a quick couple of hellos I want to say before we get started. I want to say hello to longtime listeners James, Ryan, Chris, and Dajoop. So there you go. They're all listening. Thanks for listening and supporting the show. Also, a big shout-out to Whitney Morgan, who's a big fan of the show. We love you, Whitney. You're so gorge. So, female supremacy. What is it? What's the difference between that and feminism? What's the difference between those two and a female-led relationship? I think we need to dive right into this. 
because I have two gorgeous ladies waiting to tell you all about it. So I am going to introduce you to these gorgeous women. I mean gorge, total gorge. <laughs> Natasha Hertz and Reagan Hayes. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Hola. So, first of all, we need to get to know you guys, because for people who don't know you, this is an awesome opportunity for you guys to let everybody know. So I'm going to, I'm going to call out your name since you're not in the studio and we can't see you, which makes it a bit of a bitch. Um, <laughs> well, it does. It's like I can't point to you and go, your question. So we'll start with Natasha. Let our listeners know who you are, how long you've been in the DNS scene, and what type of dom you are. Oh, uh, how long? How long? Okay, well, you don't have to do the whole how long if you don't want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, since college, I actually got interested in um, matriarchal societies, and it just snowballed from there. Um, So I was 17, and now I'm, mm -mm. so that would be 30-some years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I've always told people that, I'm a lifestyle female supremacist before I'm a dom. That's always okay. been, um, because that's really what led me to uh, female-led relationships and being a professional dominatrix. So, um, that was done. You know, that was the beginning. <laughs> and the, yeah, that was. That's pretty much it. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay, Reagan, what about you? Um, I have kind of an interesting life that led me to it, I guess. Um, my parents were both hippies, and they were somewhat casual about what I was reading, when I was reading it, and how I was interacting with the world around me. So when I was about 15-ish, I got a copy of the book Different Loving, and that introduced me to this whole big world of fetish and kink, and oh my God, there's people that actually like that kind of thing. And it, like Natasha said, it sort of snowballed from there. And mm-hmm. I became involved with local fetish groups when I was about 18, 19 years old. And I tried being submissive for all of, I think, three whole days. And realized, no, that that's really not going to work. Apparently, I have a problem with authority. No one told me. Um, and I had my first submissive when I was about 21, and it's been a great big fun ride since. That's awesome. And I, I guess I identify myself, like Natasha said, more as a female supremacist as opposed to just being a dominatrix. Okay. Because so you it's guys, a whole ask, okay, Natasha, I'm going to yes. ask you this: What do you like? What is the difference between being a female supremacist and, say, being a feminist or being in a female-led relationship? Well, uh, female supremacy. Uh, I mean, feminists believe that they're equal. To men, okay, equal, equal. They're on equal, and I mean, to me, in my mind, the simplest way is 
feminists believe that they're equal to be to men, they should be treated equally as a female supremacist. I think I'm better than men. So Okay. Um so, I mean that's the simplest way uh, you know and I and I am not a feminist in any way. I don't even want to get started on that. That's not a um you know, I think that really destroyed... Uh, I think feminism, to be totally honest, completely destroyed. I think they took, you know, yeah. one step forward yeah. and 700 back. It didn't work. Yeah. We lost Burning your bra just we doesn't cut it. We lost manners, you know, we lost, um, you know, kind of that awe of women and opening doors and, you know, uh, and, and, you know, men got the attitude that they could... You know, well, I I don't need to do that. She's equal to me. I don't need to treat her that way. I don't need. Mm-hmm. So I I really think we lost a lot. And oh, I said, wait, somebody said, well then, oh, you mean you're a feminist? No, that's not what I said. <laughs> so, <laughs> very defensive. Good God, no! Um, don't say that. And and female-led relationships, yeah, I think stem from a female supremacy because. Um, I believe as a female, I can make better decisions, uh, and I usually do. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and I grew up that way, and I just thought that, you know, the women were in charge. You know, my mother was in charge. She ran, you know, the house. Um, my paternal and maternal grandparents, um, I don't know if culture had anything to do with, with it, but mm-hmm. um, that was just the way it was. So, What about you, Reagan? Like, do you think... I, like I think I agree a hundred percent that feminism is equality, which is not what we're discussing. It is, and, we're discussing and the fact that this is better than we are better than men. Exactly, and I think the the story, quote unquote, behind feminism, originally the idea wasn't a bad one because at the time women were so put down by the male gender, and then we were fighting for equality, and I thought that was great. But then somewhere, somehow, Gloria Steinem, we don't mention that name, decided that they were okay with being equal. And it could have gone so much further, and it should have gone so much further. And it's not necessarily that I think I'm, well, no, I am better than most men, but not in an elitist sort of way. Like, I'm I'm not necessarily going to discount what a man says simply because he happens to have a penis, because, well, I own 15 of them. Um, <laughs> it's it's more that it's an entire lifestyle behind being a supremacist. And it's not about being a bitch, although most men will say, you know, well, if you're a female supremacist, then you must be a complete bitch who, you know, just rages and screams at end. It's It's understanding that there is a certain level of respect that I anticipate being given to me because that is how I run my house. That is how I run my lifestyle. And balancing the idea of being a female supremacist and a lesbian sometimes gets a little quirky because people look at me and say, well, if you think that, you know, all women are great and wonderful, how can you have a dominant and submissive relationship with your wife? And right. so it, it gets it gets a little difficult to explain, but basically I think of my wife as my partner, but she's not necessarily my equal. And not all women are equal to somebody who understands what female supremacy is. And I think that's a really good point because that actually um, Bella wrote on – I had so much passionate 
responses from my female supremacy blog post. And I've got a couple of comments from there that I want you guys to listen to. She actually says, I do not believe that all women are automatically superior to men simply based on their accident of gender at birth. Sadly, there are many women out there who depict just as much poor judgment in behavior, understanding, wisdom, priority in their life as men do. I do not view the drug-addicted homeless woman who got there not by a, a cruel twist of fate, but her own stupidity superior to a hard-working male who takes care of his family. So on that note, she disagrees. That, I think, is where I get stuck. Because I originally felt that I was a female supremacist, but I've backed off of that. Because I don't feel that men are necessarily just meant to be workhorses and are useless. I don't think men are useless. And I think a, a lot of hardline female supremacists think men need to be obliterated, and I disagree with that. What do you guys think? I don't think we necessarily need to obliterate men because, well, let's face it, everybody can serve as a bad example, right? No, I'm kidding. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, men are useful, and it, it goes back to, you know, people say, well, how can you identify yourself as a dominant if there's no submissive? How do you identify yourself as a female supremacist if there's nobody there to call you mistress? And it's a balancing act. You have mm -hmm. to have one in order to have the other. So men have to be there to, I don't know, I guess balance out and make sure my ego doesn't get much larger than it already is. So do you, but okay, but do you think it's a license for people to just, like, for women to just walk around like they're flaming bitches? Because let's face no. it, in our industry, we see that a lot. We do. And and the people that drink their own Kool-Aid, unfortunately, are the worst examples of what female supremacy is. It's It's not a license to do as you want, whenever you want, without regard for the people that you're hurting. And I don't necessarily think it's it's carte blanche to say, well, you have to do this. Well, I don't want to. Well, I'm a female supremacist, and so I say you have to. And regardless of what the consequences are, you do as I tell you. No, you still have to take into consideration that the people that are serving you are human, and they have feelings and responsibilities, and you can't override that. And I think sometimes people who do identify themselves as being female supremacists, they forget that. And those are the bad examples of what supremacy is. And so that's there are some why women out there who honestly hate men. They absolutely are. hate them. And I don't think you can do what we do if you hate men. No, absolutely not. You, you, there may be some men that you speak to, that you interact with, that say they want that, but oh, they yeah, still that's need that's that. That's yeah. But they still need that human interaction of when everything is said and done. It's a form of aftercare. When everything is said and done, when the session is over, you have to be able to say to him, yes, for all of those terrible things I said to you and all of those terrible things I made you do, and yes, your arse is going to be very sore tomorrow, you're still a good person. You're, you're mm -hmm. still somebody I care about. Exactly. And, and I think that's a huge distinction that needs to be made, as just because whether you're a female supremacist, a dominatrix, whatever, you're dealing with human beings. And sometimes that gets lost. I think it's almost as though, and I think that's my chief complaint that I get from a lot of the guys who call me, is that, you know, 
the women are picking up the phone and just going, yeah, well, you suck. It's my way or the highway. And it's like, okay, you're not getting it. Like, they don't get it. That isn't the way it runs. Well, so, that isn't female supremacy either, Dr. Sue. I mean, that, you know, the people that call themselves female supremacists, if you ask them two or three questions, they have no clue what you're talking about, which is one exactly. of the reasons I really wanted to do this show. And why it's always been more important to me to educate the women about mm-hmm. what it is. And it's not being a bitch. It has nothing. Anybody who knows me, and I see a lot of guests, so I don't know, but there's some people that were supposed to be here that have known <laughs> me for 20-some years that, um, you know, would never in a million years think that I'm a bitch or I act like a bitch. And I don't need to. I don't I don't think person. any of us do. So not the good ones. Not the ones who know what they're doing. Not one of us acts like a complete and total insane bitch. It it de- it's not it defeats the purpose cuz now you're making well, women look like yeah, stupid it, idiots yeah and it accomplishes nothing you know i mean domination is about getting someone to want what you want <laughs> it's kind of, kind of trickery but um yeah so you know i think that's the problem is that um people just pick that up i mean this is to me again because all the haters out there. This is a lifestyle for me. It's not something I do in a dungeon. It's not something that's a fetish. It's a lifestyle for me. Um, And it's fine if people just want to use it that way. Um, But this is how I choose to live my life. And it's not for everybody. And if you, you know, I'm not judgmental about how other people choose to live their life. And I don't want people judging, you know, me. Mhm. Well, and and to be really fair, what you should do is not give a damn who's judging you. To be completely honest, simply because of the fact that we are all individuals, we are all going to have differing viewpoints. We're all going to see things differently, and that's actually the beauty of who we are. You don't want everyone thinking the same thing. Otherwise, we're going to have a bunch of drones walking around, and that's no fun. So you know. It doesn't make sense. You want, and that's why it's hard for me to sit here and say, "Okay, I am definitely a female supremacist." I would say that I'm not now. Not that I, I, it's so hard because it's like I think yes, women are better than men. Yes, I do, and I do think that even genetically, when you're looking at, you know, when you go right back to it, we all start out as female people. So when you're in the womb. You know, it, we all do. It, you start out female. So think of it that way. And then something just goes terribly, terribly wrong. It does. It's so sad. <laughs> Those things start growing, and it's just, ugh, it's like a chia pet. But what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, I believe in female superiority, but I, I, for some reason, and I think the reason why I'm having such a hard time saying, yes, I am a female supremacist, one, is because of the negativity, and two, because of some of the women who are out there calling themselves that, who are so incredibly not, that I don't want to be associated with that. There's so many different definitions of what female superiority is that, like mm-hmm. you said, you, know, you, you have the one end, which is the man-hating dykes, who, you know, want to just step all over men and breed them out of existence, which is great for about two generations. And then, you know, 
you have the other end of the spectrum, which is, you know, somebody like Natasha and myself and you and I would assume most of the people that are here who understand at least some concept of what real female superiority is. We don't want to associate ourselves with the man-haters, but unfortunately we all get lumped together by the general populace. The vanilla people look at anybody who identifies themselves as a female supremacist and, and you know, associates us with the person on the 11 o'clock news who murdered her husband because, you know, she decided he needed to die. Right. And that's what I think we're fighting against and i think that's what you know yourself and and the radio show and and everyone else who works in our industry is trying to change by saying look yes we have our crazies but so do you people you know Mm -hmm. don't judge me by the person on the 11 o'clock news because i'm not that person well it's like saying all muslims are insane of course they're not exactly you know you can't you can't lump everybody in that and i think that's probably my biggest problem is i just don't want to step foot in something that right now to me feels tainted and honestly the industry itself even if you look at dns to me feels tainted right now but that's another issue but it's just it's odd to me that the views are so passionate pat wrote on my blog and this is actually a really good point i think he makes a valid point even if it's true that women are genetically superior how does that lead to the conclusion that men should live in service to women by your logic, all handicapped and sick people should live their lives in service to healthy people. After all, the able-bodied are genetically superior. I await an answer to this. What do you think? I'm sorry, I was responding in the chat room and really wasn't listening. You can spank me later. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I need your help here. Uh, well, now, did you answer him or... I did well, not answer, answer that. I left it. I, oh. He made a val- I talked to Pat all He's a wonderful guy. He really is. It just, this ticked him off. The article ticked him off because I said, in my view, what I think should be done is, first of all, we need to be training these guys as very small children to have far more respect than they do. They need to know that women, you know, are the be-all, end-all and should be taught that from a young age. I also feel that men should be placed in chastity at a young age so that they learn that it's not all about their dick. That pissed him off. Now, I'm not saying all men should be in service to women. That wasn't what I was saying, but I can see how that... But all men should be in chastity. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of chastity. So am I, because it focuses the mind. It it allows them to take all of that pent-up sexual frustration and turn it around into service to us. You know, if, if you can't your perfect your heart, world, then... In your perfect world, would you have all men in service to women? Would you do that? Uh, I, in I, some I, form, yes. I don't know that I would go that far. I, I, I don't know that I would go that far because... Do I believe women are better than men? Yes. But I also understand that there are alpha men, and in as much as there are alpha females. And so I think if you try to force an alpha male in service to a female, you're asking for a nuclear explosion. I, I think there are some men out there that just they would never be able to bend themselves into service like that. I think from a young age, children should be raised to respect their betters. 
They should be raised to respect people of authority, but I think they should be allowed to also develop their own personalities. Should they be be deferential to a woman? Exactly. Should they be deferential to women? Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that you could take, most of you, I, I don't think any of you will actually know, a very good friend of mine, he's an alpha male in Kansas City, lovely man. And I've known him for close to 20-some-odd years. And the thought of him in service to a woman is actually quite funny. <laughs> because I could, I could never picture it in, in ever. I, I could just never right. see it. But he's very respectful towards every woman, whether they identify themselves as submissive and whether they identify themselves as, as supremacists or, you know, just screaming lesbians. And the same is also true. There are women who identify themselves as being submissive. And I don't know that it would make them comfortable to have a man in service to them because then you have two submissives trying to form a relationship, and that just doesn't work. Now, Natasha, you disagree. You think you would like to have men just completely serve women, period? Well, first of all, when you talk about alpha males, there's nothing more powerful and, to me, erotic when you can take somebody who's always been an alpha male and and when you, and change his mind, no, turn, turn his point of view around. Um, you know, that's, I mean, that's a challenge. That's hot for me. Um, no, and I love to if, to take an alpha male and turn him into a sub. Because can alpha males be changed and and made submissive? Yes, sure they can. It's not easy, but it can be done, and it's fun and it's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know it and becomes yeah. a game. Yeah. <laughs> and when you but yeah, that's I think power can change at its finest. Oh, exactly, it's a blast. Actually, um, I love doing it. Um. And you you keep mentioning in service, but I mean a submissive woman who's you know Ms. Reagan was saying um, you know she wouldn't be comfortable in authority, but if she's under the care of a man, you know he's he is providing service. He's taking care of her. He's looking out mm-hmm. for. Her. So I, I guess it depends on again you know your viewpoint and what you mean by service, and that woman. Uh, I mean, the women that I know, I mean, they choose to be submissive. That's their choice. And that's power. Well, because that's that. how and they that's, feel, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway. And that, that makes complete sense to me. Like that, because we are all inherently both dominant and submissive. We are. However, because we lean more to one or the other, you're going to have certain aspects of your life that are, you know, a little bit more. So if we were to look at a hierarchy, would you say it goes dominant women, submissive women, alpha male, submissive male? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. See, now in my perfect world, I think alpha males could be used for breeding purposes. As a lesbian, I would have to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but we need them to make more. We need more of us. We need them, unfortunately. But but you also have to understand that I'm a mother on top of everything else, and so I don't ever want to think of my son as ever having sex, ever. (laughs) 
Yes, but unfortunately, he will. No, he won't. No, <laughs> no, just no. Keep telling yourself that. No, he won't. No, he won't. I have, I have a plan. I have a ten-year plan. I've told him when I turn forty, he can start dating, and when I turn forty-five, he can get married, and then he can buy immaculate conception, have a child when I turn fifty. So there's a ten-year plan. Well, as long as you got a plan, that's all that matters. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Stick, to your plan, darling. Yeah. Stick to your plan, darling. Stick to your plan. Well, Isabella, who is Dirty Sexy Bitch on Twitter, says she thinks the power of the pussy has been around since Eve. Women don't have to be bitchy to be support, to, blah, blah, to be superior or make men weak. It's true. Absolutely. That's very true. You don't have to be a bitch. Actually, you'll you'll get further if you're not. So keep that in mind, girls who are pretending to be bitches. The other thing is, Lacey said, I believe in personal over gender. No gender is right or wrong. So again, that's kind of a middle-of-the-road view. Let everybody do what they want, which is cool. That's fine. Are we in agreement? What are we doing? Go ahead. Uh, We're not in agreement. I, you don't. Uh, I think one gender is right. I do. I, I okay. believe that women are better. That it's, it's just that simple. Are you asking Natasha? me if I think women are better? Well, just like like Lacey's point in this is there is nothing better, everything's equal. In other words, you know, no gender is right or wrong is what she said. Well, no. <laughs> no. I think, you know, women are better organized. Uh, no. I No, I think women are better prepared to lead, to educate. Um, so, no, I, do, I, I don't believe in equality. <laughs> so. Okay. There you go. No, that's good. I want your points of view on these things. Michael wrote in and said, in a female supremacist world, is it possible that an old man becomes becomes the unconditional slave of a tween girl, and what would be the youngest age a girl could have an aged male slave? (laughs) (laughs) Clearly he's thinking, like, fantasy-wise, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you had young girls who were going to be dominant, and they are the ones that are running things, and... At what age would you guys say it's okay to have a male slave? Meaning how how much of an age difference between the two? I don't know because it's kind of an oddball question. He's wondering at what age, what would be the youngest age a girl would be allowed to have, and I don't think the age really matters, but a male slave. I would think that would depend on the woman. I mean, So do I. I I think it depends wholly on the maturity level of the person. Exactly, because, you know, at 18 years old, was I ready to take a submissive? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. But Mm-mm. by the time I was 20, yeah, I, I was capable of doing that. And then I know some mistresses that are upwards of 30 that I don't think should be responsible for a hamster, let alone a submissive. Exactly. Yep. So it, it, it really does depend on her maturity level, and the needs of the submissive. So, Michael, we're sorry. That was probably your, your, you know, 
masturbation question, but we're not going to say that, you know, a 12-year-old is going to, yes, a 12-year-old is going to have a 70-year-old on a leash, okay? We're not going to go down that road. So no. you can fantasize about that all you want. Go right ahead. But no, we're not going to do that. Exactly. Now, Masterson says female supremacists are just mindless, disobeyed women who ran out of the kitchen and who, he can't spell, ran out of the kitchen and whine about how they are oppressed all the time, but forget it's men who do all the hard work. Really? That, that, I, I find that fascinating. I, I'd go check the kitchen, but I don't think my house even, have, even has one. <laughs> So you can see, you can see how it, it, there's some men out there that when you bring this subject up, they are just like, like it's it just, you can see the hair you know, standing up on them. Honestly, do you know what I think it is? It's the male ego. The male sure ego cannot stand that thought, and and they get very defensive. I mean, they don't want to know what it is. They they don't want to learn about it. They don't understand it. And they just get very different. And I mean, that makes that. I mean, but that's what society has been that. teaching men for you know umpteen thousand years. They've been teaching men that they're better than women. That you know women need to be protected because we're oh so fragile, and you know delicate, and and we need to start changing that. We need to start teaching men not only to understand what the feminist point of view is that, you know, some women and now all women are equal, and then that respect level goes beyond that to say women are better than you. And no, we're not going to be left in the kitchen, and we're not going to be, you know, just petted on our happy little heads and said, oh, you're so cute. It's not going to happen. But until society starts coming around to more of that, we're always going to be fighting against it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's it's that women, you know, all of a sudden rallied up and started burning on braziers and said, you know, not another Thanksgiving dinner until you give me equal rights. No, it's it's a belief, and it's an evolutionary process. Women are starting to realize we mm-hmm. are better than you. And with each generation, you can see more and more women are realizing that at a younger age. And they're embracing it and making it work for them. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that it's something that's coming around where it's going past feminism, which I'm really glad to see, that it's not stopping at feminism. Because like we said at the beginning of the show, I think feminism actually set us back. It so, did. Can we vote Gloria Steinem off the island? Sure. Yeah. Let's put out oh, a bitch's so. torch. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be on the island. <laughs> She's not allowed. <laughs> okay, now we're being exclusionary. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So I have actually, where the heck is it now? I'm looking here. we got some serious stuff going on here. Well, her hypnotized slave wrote me, and this is kind of long, but I, I'll try and whip through it quickly. Why are women superior? The question can be approached from many angles and with different goals in mind, some more subjective than others. One of my primary dilemmas in writing this was how to approach it myself. The two things bearing most were if I did this clinically, having it sound too academic and not quite erotic enough, given that a truly exquisite and dominant woman asked me to do this. (laughs) That was me. Uh, 
Um, on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, write it from a purely erotic vantage point. It doesn't bear the ethos of a clinical paper. Okay, blah blah blah. Sorry, but we're going on here. Uh, to begin with, physiologically, women's bodies are far more efficient and are built for reproduction. Well, duh. They're also capable of multiple orgasms within a very short time frame. Uh-huh. What's that got to do? Allowing, <laughs> allowing for much greater accommodation of their partners. But that's assuming that your partner is male. So I think he's jumping to conclusions there. One of the most generous of models, a woman can cause eight male orgasm, eight males orgasm by direct contact with some portion of her body all at the same time. What on earth are you talking about, my boy? Eight, one, two, three, yeah. four. Oh, okay. All at the same time, just by touching you. That's that's happy. Sure. Well, yeah, if you take good. fetishes into consideration, you know the foot fetishes. You've got two there. Hand oh, fetishes. True. That's two more. I've never had sex with a man, so I assume that you know regular sex would be involved. That's you would one think. more. I, I'm lost after that. I don't that. know. This is like <laughs> he's going way off here. A man's mental preparation in sex is why is pretty widely varied as well. But even the most intellectual and sensual of men can usually be overridden by a woman who is both insistent and provides even the slightest attraction that is a distraction to that man, rather like a pebble starting an avalanche. Finally, a large part of the superiority of women comes from the ways and means that civilization has developed. Men have typically tamed the environment in order to force societies to prosper and thrive. Women have done most of the development of social order, which I would have to agree with. Um, male dominance has most often been derived from threat of force, and we all see how well that works, just saying. Mm-hmm. Both are effective, but wit and threat are more pervasively effective on the mind, therefore reaching much further than in the immediate situation a person might find themselves within. Okay, her hypnotized slave is very deep, and thanks. <laughs> it just kind of went all over the place with that one. Like, holy crap. That, that, that one meandered. That, kind of like, that meandered a little. Yeah, there, was, there was a little meandering there. Yeah, we kind of got lost in the shuffle on that one. Holy cow. Jeez. So, but, okay, so you guys are going to love this. I have to put you through this, even though I wasn't going to. I, I have to do this. I want you guys to listen to this, and I want your reaction. Oh, God. <laughs> la, 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 I can't hear oh, you. Oh, no, this is really good. You're going to love this. Seriously. you be a hater, I know it. Christian television personality Pat Robertson stoked controversy today by telling a female caller that disobedient wives should be spanked by their husbands. On a segment on the long-running 700 Club, the 83-year-old Robinson explained to a woman seeking relationship advice that an occasional slap in the rear is the clearest path to marital bliss. Ma'am, with all due respect, it seems the problem in your marriage is disobedience. When a wife disobeys her husband, the holy bond between the two starts to disintegrate and all sorts of problems start to crop up. The Apostle Paul tells us in Corinthians the importance of submission. So there you go. For you guys who want the religious end of things, see, there, there. See? Submission is important. It says so in the Bible. Just say it. Um, there's only one solution, a sound spanking on the bottom. Wives must be spanked by their husbands. It's the only way to keep biblical order. Can't do this without cracking up. Nothing too hard, just enough, just enough to let her know that he's the one in charge. So I have to ask, when was your last spanking, dear? So she gets pissed, obviously. The woman called for advice about her husband's 
serial infidelity was shocked by Robertson's question and responded angrily, excuse me, I ask you how to confront my husband over his cheating and you tell me to get spanked. My husband's never spanked me. I would never let that happen. And what kind of crazy chauvinistic mummy would even suggest such a thing? Do you ever think before you speak, or are you trying to sound like an outdated male pig? You see, that's exactly the kind of attitude that tells me you're not getting the discipline you need at home. If your husband kept you in line, you wouldn't have such a mouth on you, sweetheart. I love that. I know he should be familiar with, with mouth, shouldn't he? <laughs> I know you're confused with all the feminism, lesbianism, and vegetarianism in our culture, but God <laughs> made women. <laughs> yes, it's, it's all our fault. The women. lesbians have done it. It's, it's all our it's fault. Your we fault. accept that. Yes, it's Reagan's yes. fault. <laughs> I know you're confused. Okay, wait, but God made women. I only said broccoli was evil, but damn. (laughs) You ready to this? Okay, God made women to do three things obey men, have babies, and cook meat. So stop worrying about what your husband is up to and just go back to the basics. What do you guys think of that? So if we're if we're here to, to obey men, have babies and cook meat, can we cook their penis and call it meat? I'm I'm technically uh, it's, it's oh, that man. <laughs> some, okay, some, so for all you guys, just 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 so that I could qualify that, that was actually a satire and it was never said. I just thought it was really funny because I could but actually. But it's really be sad. It. It's it's really sad it's that I typical. actually believe you would have said that. that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yes, no, Pat Robertson actually did not say any of those things. But, come on, don't tell me that there aren't people out there that think that, because we know there are. Oh, there are. And and I generally enjoy introducing them to Darth Invader. It's fun. <laughs> oh, you don't know about Darth Invader, do you? I've never okay, told Darth you about Invader, him. tell us. Darth Invader oh, is my very favorite strap-on on the face of the planet, because it is the single most intimidating thing you'll ever lay eyes on. A friend of mine Such as, who lived in Kansas City. Us, give us a, give well, us there, a there's a backstory. There's a backstory. Okay. I was raised in Massachusetts, and Massachusetts is very near New Hampshire. And I had a friend of mine who lived in Missouri. I lived there for about 10 years. And he apparently doesn't know geography. <laughs> and he wanted to give me something as a going away present when I left Kansas City. And he happened to be a stonemason. And he had some leftover countertop granite. And so he thought, for some reason that I still don't quite understand, that Massachusetts was the granite state. So he carved a 10-inch long, 3-inch thick, 13-pound strap-on. And it's made out of black countertop granite. And <gasps> oh, my God, it must be beautiful. Head. Oh, it's gorgeous. But he carved the head so large that it looks like the helmet on Darth Vader. So we nicknamed it Darth Invader. It's big, it's black, and it's quite possibly the scariest thing that anyone has ever seen. So men who have that opinion that, you know, I should be spanked because, you know, it's all the lesbians and the broccoli's fault, I would very happily wait for them to fall asleep, pull their legs up into their chest, wait for them to wake up and say, (laughs) Hi, honey, how are you? Let's have a discussion, shall we? Yo, Kitty, that beats the whale right there. I thought Kitty had the best one with the whale strap on, man. That thing was like, you could literally club someone. But I'm sorry, Darth Invader now rules all. (sighs) Especially if you put it in the freezer first. Woo, wake up. (laughs) Good morning, and how are you today? 
Exactly. <laughs> so, ladies, before we wrap this up, do you want to tell everybody how they can find you? Natasha, first. Um, let me see. The Natasha's still watching the NBA it. game, in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> I, am, I am, too. <laughs> okay, so who is no. winning? <laughs> oh, still, uh, I, I can't watch. Um, WorshipNatasha.com. And that takes you to my Clip for Sale studio, Night Flirt. Um, and also my evil Domina twin and I have started a couple projects, uh, Femdom Fiction Tales and Femdom Fetish Store. And who is your evil partner in crime? Do tell. Oh, I just assume everybody knows. No, no, don't assume Emma. anything. you got to assume that people are dumb. <laughs> that is Ms. Belladonna. There you go. She's teaming up with Belladonna to take over the world. Da, da, yes. da. So, Reagan, yes. how do they find your gorgeous ass? Well, if they're just looking for my ass, they're going to have to take the rest of me with it. Oh, that goes without <laughs> saying, but why would anyone turn down the rest of you? Think about it. Exactly. Except for Darth. Some people might be a little put off by Darth, but it's okay. It only hurts until I stop. No. Exactly. Um my blog is intelligenteroticism.com, and I know that is a mouthful, but I have complete faith in your ability to Google it. Um, that will take you to pretty much every way of contacting me for you know sessions and stare at how lovely I am and leave comments about how much you worship everything about me and beg for me to never introduce you to Darth. I love it. Yes. So there you go. Actually, if you guys just go to inbedwithdrsue.com, go to the show page for this show, um, you can see both of these ladies, and the links to their site and their Twitter is right there. There you go. That makes it even easier. Boz has a quick question, but he wanted all of our opinions. So before you guys go, I have to ask you this question, our, our cute little Boz from Twitter. He wants to know why there are not many professional doms on Twitter. Most doms are only into financial domination or humiliation. Some doms treat every sub like shit and hope to get money. I think it's not a true BDSM and femdom. What do you great goddesses think? Natasha, go. I am, well, I am not a thin dom, and I tell people that. Mm -hmm. um, but my sub and my slave. I don't have to tell them that they have to provide for me. That's kind of the way their mindset is and their training is. Mm -hmm. Or I do have one slave, and I just open his wallet and take the money out. And Miss Belladonna happened to mention that. She goes, uh, you know that is financial domination. But, well, I guess I never really thought of it that way. Um, <laughs> do I think there's, uh, you know, that's part of the taint that you were talking about, um, things mm -hmm. that are misunderstood. I agree. You know, that... Um, that's something that's, it's a fetish. It's a real fetish for people. Um, and I think it's been taken and, can you abuse a fetish? I guess you can. I think um, it has, you know. and I agree with that. I think it's diluted the industry because every female on the planet thinks if I throw up a website, throw up some links, men are going to flock to me and give me money. It's, it's the 11 o'clock news mentality. Mm -hmm. It's It's, you know... There are the few people out there that are truly dominant and mm -hmm. truly, you know, they're doing this out of a need to share what they know, teach what they know. But there's 90,000 other people out there 
that are doing it for the money. And unfortunately, they're the people that are more vocal. They're the ones that are screaming, screaming, give me your money, give me your money, give me your money. And so it becomes a lump sum mentality, mm-hmm. you know. But eventually the ones that are doing it for the money fall by the wayside and you get through the chaff to find the true dominance but you have to wade through all the crap to get there. You do. And you I think that's the best thing that you can say is that the best thing you can do is observe. Stand mm-hmm. back and observe. If a woman is begging for money, she's not a fin dom. Women don't exactly. beg. Ever. Or shouldn't. So that's probably the best way to really look at it is Stand back and keep an eye on people. Don't just jump and throw your money at someone. And why are professional doms not on Twitter? I don't know. I think there's a lot of professional because, doms because on most, Twitter. But most of them are running I, the business. They don't have time for Twitter. Exactly. And when I was still seeing clients professionally, when I moved from Missouri back to Massachusetts, I had to shut all of my social media off because the state of Massachusetts is terrible about prosecuting pro-doms for being prostitutes. And I decided that, you know, I've managed to go 30-some-odd years without wearing stripes. I'd like to go another 30 more. And That'd so I, I don't look good in prison orange. It's, it's really not my color. Um, really? It clashes with my nails. It clashes with oh, my nails. I hate that. And so, you know, I think a lot of sen- a lot of professional dominatrices have to be very, very careful. I mean, over in England, it's it's much different. You know, they're they're much more open about what they're doing. But here in the United States, it's still very much a puritanical society, and so you have to be careful because nobody wants that. You know, two in the afternoon, knock on the door with a man in a uniform saying, "Hi, we'd like to take you off to jail now." And in Canada, I got to say, it's the same thing. There's actually still a, a case on the on the files where um, a dominatrix was arrested for running a common body house. Now, the problem with that is they are, again, charging her with a form of prostitution, and she's insisting, I don't have sex with my clients. So that's still in the court system. But you can see, you're absolutely right. We are still very much in a a Puritan society, and it scares people. And what people don't Mm -hmm. understand, they are frightened of, which is exactly why we're trying to do things like this show, to try and let people know we're not scary, we're not going to kill you, everything's fine. No, I'm scary. I'm scary. I, I just want to throw you that out there. You'd be scary with the dark invader, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, now you're scary. Now well, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, scary before, yeah. I'm scary yeah. before the fourth cup of coffee. But before that, yeah. just, just, you know, put the coffee down, back away, don't make eye contact. Exactly. <laughs> well, ladies, i got to tell you, thank you so much. Do you have any final words? Is there anything you want to say that we didn't touch on? Because I think that's important. No, but I'm sure I will as soon as I hang up. Oh, it never fails. It kind of never fails. And now I'll go, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Um, no, uh, I, I really don't. Good. I just appreciate the opportunity. I Like Natasha, I, I just I really appreciate the opportunity. This has been a lot of fun. It's a blast, and it's awesome that we can hopefully get, you know, more minds opened up and let them realize that, you know, live and let live. Everybody, leave everybody alone. <laughs> Don't be so afraid don't. of things that you don't understand. Don't touch things that don't belong to you. And <laughs> yeah. Stay away from Darth Invader. No, come see Darth Invader. You need to come down and see Darth Invader, and you can hang out by the pool with me. Oh, shit, I know, totally. 
with my menagerie oh, of animals that are, you know, staring at me. Oh, they're just so cute. Throw them a throw them a sardine. Isn't that oh, what you no, feel? No. No. <laughs> my dogs eat Dunkin' Donuts munchkins. My cats eat fudgicles. Aww. I am a very well-trained human. I, I know my place. Trust me. I was going to say, <laughs> I bow down to my animals, and that's it. <laughs> that's the only thing you'll get me, you know. I am I am ruled by my fur babies. I will give you that. But thank you, ladies, so much for being here. Thank you for clearing up this subject so much. Um, Joe, did you you said you had a question that Brian once asked? Was it of female supremacy, or is it for talk to the doc? Talk to the doc. Okay, cool. So I'm going to say good night to you, lovely ladies. Thank you so much for being on the show. God bless you for being here. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. So, we are officially up to the portion of Talk to the Doc, so we will be right back after these messages. Beautiful ladies, dirty little boys, sexy sissies, and everyone in between, this is Dr. Sue, and I'm delighted to be able to bring you an amazing offer from adamandeve.com just for my in-bed listeners. What do you get when I hand you 50% off one item, plus three free adult DVDs, plus a sexy extra surprise gift, and free U.S. shipping on your entire order. I'll tell you what you get. You get me handing you sexual nirvana on a platter. So I expect every one of you to head to adamandeve.com and go sex toy happy and take advantage of this offer only for my in-bed listeners. Just use the code INBED at checkout to receive all these goodies. And remember, that's 50% off one item, three free adult DVDs, the surprise gift, and free U.S. shipping on your entire order with the code INBED. So move your butts to adamandeve.com now. That's doctor's orders. Hey, guys. Cat is Jennifer here, and I have an amazing deal for all you listeners who like to be in bed with Dr. Sue just as much as I do. All you have to do is head over to kinkycustoms.com, enter the code KINKYDOCTOR on the quote page, and you're going to get 10% off your order. Boys, you can even buy something for the dom of your choice. So head over there, kinkycustoms.com, and let Kinky Customs work out all of your design kinks. Submissives everywhere. The dungeon you both fear and fantasize about is open for business full time. That's right, all you precious pets. Her Royal Highness, Queen Kitty, is now a full time, real time dom. So grab your balls and your wallets because she's draining them both and head to QueenKittyOwnsYou.com. But don't, don't say the word more. I love that cat. All right, really quickly, I did not bring a lot of questions for Talk to the Doc this time simply because of the fact that I knew we were going to run over. So we will do – well, we want Brian's. What's Brian's question? I want to hear from Brian. 
Okay, well, Brian was a little shy to uh, actually come on air and ask his question himself. So, recently Brian and his wife had discussed a fantasy which didn't quite work out and is now actually affecting their sex life. Uh-oh. Uh, he had discussed, yeah, he had discussed doing a cream pie fantasy. But okay. after he fin, yeah, after he finished, he I guess wasn't as into it as he thought and just couldn't go through with it. Now, whenever they have sex, he's worried about um, this fantasy and, at the end, maybe having to go through with it, and it's affecting his performance. What advice do you have for Brian? Here's the thing. If you brought this up, and, and Brian, I know you're there. Actually, Joe, if you could go in for me and talk to Brian on the thingy, because I have a couple questions for him that might clarify this a bit more. If it's simply a matter of you brought it up, you tried it, it didn't work, it shouldn't be affecting you in the sense that it, it, she should be able to look at it as, well, you know what, you tried it. Like, you're not going to always love everything that happens. Do you understand that? It's like, so you tried a cream pie, it didn't work, and you don't want to do it again, but if you're afraid that she's upset about it, well, that's why you got to sit down and talk to her. If she's pissed off that you're not doing a cream pie, tell her why. It made you puke. Okay, fine. That's not a big deal. It shouldn't be anyways. I mean, you've got to be able to keep those lines of communication open. You've got to sit down and say, look, this is the reason why I'm freaking out now and it's affecting my performance because all I have stuck in my head is I'm not doing the cream pie and that's all you're, you know, it's just constantly going around in your head over and over and over and over again. So... You know, it's just I. It's, I have questions. Brian's gone now. I have questions for Brian, but that's not going to help now. So I would just say, honestly, it sounds to me like it's a communication issue, and that you're building this up in your head to be something bigger than what it needs to be. And if you were to sit down and talk to her about it, and tell her that it grossed you out and it didn't work, I really don't think it would. You know, any normal-thinking human being would freak out about that. There's nothing wrong with that. Joey, right? I would agree. Am I right? Have I got that? Did I get the question right? I think that you did get the question right. Okay, good. And I hope that uh, Brian got his answer because he did leave before I could um, ask for any follow-ups. Okay. No problem, Brian. If it's not, you know, definitely if you're shy, you don't want to talk on the air, not a problem. You can always go to the website. You can always send us an email. That's exactly what most people do because they are afraid of being on the air, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So if we didn't answer it, if I didn't get it right, definitely send me an email so that we can clarify it for you. The now, one thing Tiffany that he wasn't clear about. What? Wait, wait. The one thing it wasn't clear about is whether or not it was. Sorry. I've got a Better? background and it's driving me nuts. Yes, much. I hate hearing myself okay. talking at the same time. Uh, the one thing that he wasn't clear about was whether it was his idea or his wife's. Well, I'm assuming if he's got that much pent up, you know, oh, because he doesn't like it, that he's afraid of upsetting her. So if it's affecting his performance, then one would think that she asked him to do this, and he just went, Wah. right? Like he tried it, you know, he gave it the college try. You got to give him, you know, kudos for that. Nothing wrong with that. He gave it the college try. It didn't work. He didn't like it. So we don't do it again. It's not a big deal. And unless she's completely going over the top like, you have to do this, well, then we have another issue. But I don't know because Brian's not here. So, Brian, if you're out there, please do tell us 
if we have this right, and if we don't, definitely give us an email. Tiffany asked, and I think this is a really important question, when is the correct time to tell someone you've done hardcore pornography? And I think, turn it down a bit more, Joe. You need headphones, dude. Um, this is a headphone. Really? Why am I I'm hearing myself all over the place, and I don't know why. It's so weird. I don't know where I'm, it's coming I, from. I actually have you on the headphone, so I'm not getting any sound so at all. I'm getting bad. Like, it's so weird. I'm getting all this feedback, and I can hear myself, and I don't know why, because nothing's on in here. Whatever. So when is the best time to tell somebody you've done hardcore pornography? That's going to depend on where you are in the relationship. If it, relationship. If it's at the beginning of the relationship, you're still just kind of dating, feeling each other out, keep your zip shut. Don't say anything. It's, you know, let it go. Now, if you're down the road a ways and you're talking, you're getting into this, now you're starting to get feelings for this person, now we're getting into almost a full relationship, now you've got to sit down and just discuss it. Tell him. Yes, you're going to run the risk of him going, are you freaking kidding me, and walking out. It's a risk you've got to take because you don't want to enter into a relationship with a bunch of secrets and now you've got lies and now you've got things you're hiding. It's not worth it. It's better to lay your cards on the table once you know that this is going to go somewhere and then say, okay, this is what I've done. Um, I may even continue to do so to do it because this is what I do. And it's up to him to decide whether that's okay with him. It's scary. I'm not saying it's not scary. I'm not saying you're not running a risk of losing the guy because you are. It's just a cold, hard fact of how our society is that they don't look at we look at porn stars, even even in the DNS world, even in BDSM, we look down on porn people, and I think that's disgusting. Like, we're all in the same boat in some way or another, and we really need to stop drawing lines, even within the BDSM community that gets done. But, you know, so what? Because I've seen a lot of dominatrixes coming out and saying that they think porn stars are, you know, disgusting. No, sorry. I have a sad fact, and I've been looking at a lot of clip stores recently, and the sad fact that I'm seeing is a lot of doms are doing a lot of porn, and they're just saying it's not porn. So i got news for you girls. You're doing porn too, so don't be throwing stones at people because that's bull. But, yeah, Tiff, definitely you got to kind of weigh it out and see where you are in the relationship before you say anything. Because if it's at the beginning, you'll scare them. You want to wait and see whether there's any feelings. If there's feelings there, well, now you got to sit down and discuss it. So just... You gotta lay your cards on the table. You're just gonna have to, you know, it's a fact. This is what I do. Take it or leave it. Now, does she still do it, or did right? she do it in the past? Well, I happen to know that Tiff still does it. So. Okay. So it's 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 you know this is who she is. This is what she does. This is how she makes her living. Take it or leave it. You know, like it. Get over it. Either you're, you know, I always look at it this way. You got to remember that she's coming home to you in the end. So it's the same way with cuckold relationships. So many cuckolds get so frightened that their woman is going to run off with the alpha male. The chances of her doing that are relatively slim. Only because if she's truly dominant, she doesn't want the alpha around. But you guys have got to stop being so afraid of losing people. Because that's how you're going to know if that person's really there for you. 
is whether or not you you lay this thing on the table and just go, this is who I am, now what? You want to know at the beginning. You don't want to know this six, eight months down the road. So don't go down that road, definitely. Anyways, House Husband writes, and I'm I'm trying to get to this because I know he's listening to this. Um, we have played with a female-led relationship for many years. We have had weeks or a month or two when it always fell apart. I had an epiphany of sorts in December. I realized I was serving for my own satisfaction and forcing her to satisfy my kinky desires and trade for my service. It was garbage. I realized my true joy came from serving, but truly serving her with nothing in return other than seeing her pleased. Before I even go to his question, can I please make this note to you guys and let you know that this is huge. And the reason why this is huge is there's a lot of submissive males out there. And this is getting on the subject of fake submissives and real submissives. And There's a lot of men out there who are looking at submission the wrong way. You're going to a dom and you're saying, okay, I want this, 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 and this need met. And the whole reason why I'm here is for you to meet that need. And it's not the way you're supposed to look at it. It's exactly what he says. You're looking at it from the wrong point of view. You're standing and looking at it from exactly the wrong point of view. I had a discussion with a client this week about the same thing. You are not, if you're looking at it as, what do I get out of it? You're not you're missing the whole submissive experience. So keep that in mind. He asks, um, he, he has some female-led relationship challenges. So dealing with misbehavior, behavior, how do you punish if you enjoy the beating? Really simple. You withhold the beating. The best way to punish if you enjoy the punishment is to withhold the punishment. She can then turn around and just completely ignore you great way to do it your punishment is i mean that's a lot of times when i'm dealing with my submissives that's the best way to do it especially if it's long distance too you know you love me so much and you're going to be a dickhole well then you don't get me it's that simple so to deny you the thing that you enjoy is a great punishment she can like i said she can actually just completely ignore you if she wants to um Enjoying sex and my orgasm. We practice strict orgasm control, but she wants me to climax. How to deal with the letdown period afterwards. The letdown period afterwards, I'm assuming, is once you've come, you are doing that whole, oh, well, you know, I'm not submissive. Remember, please, guys, you are getting flooded with testosterone. As soon as you have an orgasm, you have, like, massive hormones going through your system, which is the reason why a lot of submissive guys will sit there and then go, I don't need this shit. I'm bad, I'm cool, I don't need this, I'm not submissive. If you give it 45 minutes, that settles down and your true self actually will come back out. So that's pretty much how you deal with that one. Um, we are very conservative. Strategies for exploring day-to-day without risking exposure to kids, family, etc. The simplest way to do that is just... Keep it behind closed doors. That's all you can do. If you don't want anyone around you knowing, don't talk about it. You're going to have to, it's hard because you're technically leading two lives, but you're just going to have to zip your lips. Nobody needs to know what you're doing behind closed doors. So just keep quiet. And kids don't need to know. And they shouldn't know because unless they're coming in and watching, why would they? 
So just, you know, nobody needs to know. Your conservative friends, if you're going to church or whatever, they don't need to know. And trust me, they're doing as much, if not more, guaranteed. Um, for cuckolding, he's like, how, do you, how to do it safely with STDs? What about the risks of falling for the bull? Again, I, I just discussed that. The risks of falling for the bull are very small. You are the guys we love. You are the guys that we want around us. We don't want the bull around us. They are sex toys. They are human walking sex toys. That's it. So try and keep that in mind, even though it is a little bit scary. How do you deal with the STDs? You do not allow a bull anywhere near you, one, if you haven't got a full uh, medical certificate from them that they have been tested. That's number one. And number two, use a condom, which can be a drag, because if you want to do cream pies and stuff, then, you know, whatever. But you don't really, if you don't know this person, clearly you don't want them ejaculating in you anyways. Ew. Because you don't know where he's been. So think about it. It's better just to make sure that anybody that you bring into your life in a cuckold situation has their medical health certificates proving that they do not have STD. And as far as finances, he says, I earn the money, better ways to have her control it. I direct deposit into her account now any anyhow, so are there any other ideas? Really, if she's controlling all the money and you're just handing it over to her and she's distributing it, that's really the only thing you can do. Um Honestly, Joe, can you think of anything? Financially, nope, I don't that, think that there's really, you know. He's turning it over to her, so, you know, what more can you do than that? Other than if you really, like, if, if you're into the whole financial thing, then go out and get a second job and toil and really drive yourself insane. But I wouldn't necessarily go down that road. I don't think it needs to go down there. So just hand over your money. Let her do her thing. Let her pay the bills. You might want to just keep an eye if she depends on whether or not she's any good with money. If she's crappy with money, don't give her the money. Because I'm sorry, there's a lot of women that just don't know how to handle money. It's a shame, and they really need to learn. But keep an eye on it first, because you don't want to go out and spending the, you know, mortgage money and whatever. But no, you're doing perfectly fine. And honestly, house husband, you guys are doing it perfectly fine. You guys just need to constantly be, and, and this is for anything, constantly talk. Keep the lines of communication open. Have those meetings between the two of you where you're discussing what's working and discussing what's not working. It's so very important because otherwise you end up, if you're not being vocal about something and she's not being vocal about something, now you've got resentment building up and that's not going to work because someone's going to break and someone's going to get pissed and then it's all, all hell's going to break loose. So communication is key in any of this, anything, BDSM, anything. It doesn't matter. So I think considering it's 10 after 11, we will wrap this up. And I'm just trying. I have another question, but that's okay. We can hit that on the next show. We are here next week anyways. Because our next show is Tuesday, June the 25th, when we're discussing, this is so cool, and this has been one that I know everybody has been kind of waiting for, we're going to be talking about medical domination, which obviously is another hot topic. My guest is going to be Mistress Amanda. She is a longtime medical dom. She actually works with Queen Kitty now. So um, you're going to definitely want to check that out. If you've ever wondered about what's involved, what medical doms do, what they don't do, what, you know, is it scary, are they you know, cutting you open, that kind of thing, tune in Tuesday, next Tuesday at 10 o'clock with Mistress Amanda. 
And keep in mind, read about this, any other show, past, future, head to InBedWithDrSue.com because you can listen to past shows, you can comment on your favorite shows, you can send us emails with Talk to the Doc, you can send us emails about what you want to hear on the show. Do that, definitely. If there's a subject we haven't hit, let me know what it is. We'll definitely get to it. So for sure, InBedWithDrSue.com, get your kink on there. Thank you, Joe, for being here on this off week, which you didn't have to do. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. I still want to find out what the echo is because it's driving me mental. And I want to thank everybody who was in our chat room, all our guests and Mark and Princess Brandis and Queen Kitty and Reagan and Natasha, who is no longer there because she's watching the game, and Sir Beast and Ryan and Firecracker and I it's just endless. You guys are awesome. Um, thank you so much for supporting the show. And I just got to say, you guys all rock. Don't forget to tell your friends about it. Get them listening, too. Remember to keep an open mind. Never judge. And my babies, be happy. Good night, everybody.